I think this washout is needed. Um, and I think when we build back, it'll be stronger. There'll be regulation. There'll be better infrastructure um, and more guidelines around in the path to move forward. So I'm excited about this, but um, you can see that the pain is mighty. John Sullivan with 401k Specialist, and this is the 401k Specialist Podcast. This week, we're joined by high-profile advisor Tyrone Ross Jr., whose outspokenness on controversial topics has gotten him noticed of late. After a surprising and as-of-yet unexplained exit from the crypto platform he co-founded, he's back with two new endeavors, which he explains in the latest issue of our magazine. He also talks Bitcoin and retirement plans, financial education, and what the industry needs to do to be more inclusive. Tyrone, Bitcoin's been hammered in the past few weeks. Does this put the nail in the coffin for its use in retirement plans, at least for now? I think so. I think that'll cool off a bit. Um, I think the narratives that have been pushed the last couple of years, store value, inflation hedge, digital gold, um, for this for the time being, I think are 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 been challenged and wrong. So it'll take some time here to to build that back up. Obviously, you're a big uh, Bitcoin and crypto uh, proponent. Do you think that has it cooled with you at all at this point? Are you still as big of a proponent? Great question. I'm more optimistic than I've ever been. Um, I'm actually excited to see this price drop. I, and I think there's lower to go because there was a lot of scams. Um, there were a lot of projects that were just, you know, they weren't building for the next million, two million users. So I think this washout is needed. Um, and I think when we build back, it'll be stronger. There'll be regulation. There'll be better infrastructure. Um, and more guidelines around in the path to move forward. So I'm excited about this, but um, you can see that the pain is mighty. The pain is mighty. That's for sure. Now, you're not a fan of crypto in retirement plans. Why not? Um, again, my my reasons for um, not liking it in retirement accounts is different from everyone else's, but the, there's two main reasons. One, um, I don't think you put Bitcoin inside of a product or inside of an account that lo- that ultimately you lose the utility, the ability to hold it. It's truly a bearer asset. And again, with no wash sale rules still in place, you lose the ability for it to trade 24-7, 365, which I'm a proponent of. Some folks don't like that. So that's the first thing. And I think the second thing is, if we're truly talking about it being a salve for myself, I talk about it being a salve for the underserved until we can educate those folks on having a 401k and the benefits of having it, thus putting it in the 401k as well doesn't benefit those people. Right. So those are the main two reasons. But I can continue on. But those are the main ones there. Understood. Turning to financial education, are you happy with some of the state mandates on financial education? And do you think it should come from the state or should it come from the industry or maybe a combination of both? Um, great question. I, I'm happy to see what Michigan now is going to be the 15th state. Um, still a joke. I wish every state would do something. I'm proud to be from New Jersey. New Jersey has pushed this down to where now in middle school kids start to get some type of formal financial education. I think every state should do it. Um, I think it should start at the top, right? With a federal mandate, every state should require something. Um, but I understand the individual states. I like that as well of them, you know, looking at what they could possibly do, you know, for their, you know, the constituents in the state. Um, The industry needs to get involved in a meaningful way. 
Um, with all of the money, with all of the power and the resources, I do think the industry needs to get involved. So I will continue to beat that drum. But um, it would be nice to see those that, that, you know, push the buttons here, really say, all right, enough is enough. Every state needs to require this and then leave it up to the states to figure out how they want to implement it. Can you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, in, in the cover story, you you mentioned that it really needs to be ingrained in almost every subject within school. Um, can you just explain that a little bit? Yeah. So I think, again, starting in kindergarten, but all the way up until you graduate high school. But I think if every class that you walk into in some way touches money. Right. And as I mentioned in the article in Home Ec, you learn budgeting. Right. Um, if you look at data just came out that, um, you know, millennials would rather date their ex um, more than talk about budgeting and finance. Right. Right? Yeah. So budgeting something that is there. In um, you know calculus, maybe you learn some type of bond math. If you can do calculus, you learn bond math and history. You learn the history of money um, and science, the alchemy of money, all these different things. So now it's just it's just normal. Oh, okay, I know it's just part of every class. It's almost like you know the you know fish swimming by each other. And it's like how's the water, right? You're like oh wait, water, right? So I just think if it was there all the time, it was it's not this mystical thing. And then by the time you get to your senior year depending on what your track is, you're learning about FAFSA and filling out forms and interest rates and what does it mean to take out debt. And if you are an athlete like I was and you get a full scholarship, what does that mean? So I think there should be these individual tracks as folks start to go on to, to college and then even coming out of college, the same thing. I feel like if you are a full scholarship athlete, you should have to pass a finance class every year to get your scholarship renewed, right? should be part of it. So- what do you think needs to happen from a diversity and inclusion standpoint with 401k and financial services overall? Um, I've said this before, but stop using the term diversity and inclusion. Um, use representation and equity. Um, that's the first thing. difference. Yeah, just a difference in, oh, you know, used car, certified pre-owned, right? It just sounds better, right? And I, and I think because we just haven't taken the time to define what diversity and inclusion is, I still don't know. So we should define it. So if something is representative, we have a group of people. We say what we're looking for, the specific person. It's equitable. Everyone has an equal shot. I think that's a better way to start. That's the first thing. Second thing is I think we have to make sure that we are looking in underserved, opaque areas for talent. Right. We can't continue to go to the Harvards, the Yales, the Princetons. Right. We have to go to HBCUs if we're really going to do that. We have to get in the communities so these kids are realizing that this is something that they can do early on. So early childhood education, if you will, there should be early exposure to finance, going back to what we were saying before, where if it starts in school, now kids understand, oh, these are the jobs that I can have in this industry. And I think the last thing is we have to, as an industry, change the way that if you're going to say diversity and inclusion, once we bring new people in. Do they feel included? Does their voice matter? Right. So if I go to a website, if I turn on a TV, if I go to the conference, do the people look, walk, talk and act like me? Right. And if they don't, I don't feel like I belong here. So I think those are the three big pillars that we should focus on if we really want to see the change that I think everyone everyone wants, but just doesn't really know where to start. After a high profile exit from OnRamp Invest, people were wondering what's next. So what is next? Um, a lot, but the two things that have been, you know, um, announced and excited about, and thank you for giving me the opportunity to tell my story. I'm truly grateful 
is um, one is Turnkey, which is a tech company um, that I'm starting to bring data, standardized, clean data to advisors, to financial services, just to simply see what's going on away from them as far as crypto markets are concerned. If I learned anything traveling around the country since then is I don't think it's a portfolio allocation story for wealth management yet so much as it's a big data story. Just what is going on? What is happening? Especially you see in this downturn, if advisors just had data to tell a client, this is probably going to blow up, right? You probably should get out of it. But advisors have clients that have assets in Celsius. Advisors should have known that, right? Um, so that's that's the other. And then the, the other one I'm really excited about is I'll be a practicing advisor again. So I'm going to open a, an RIA um, that is geared toward 25 to 45 year olds that are very tech savvy, really want to you know play in the crypto space. Um, that hundred to three million in net worth, but we'll serve those from a hundred to zero to a hundred thousand as well. So planning only. If you don't plan, we won't work with you. Um, fee based, flat fee rather. Um, no, no uh, AUM, and um, the RIA will essentially act like an incubator to the startup, so we can bring that data into the RIA real time and show folks how we're working with clients and how the space has changed. Great stuff. Tyrone Ross Jr. That is exactly what we needed. Thank you so much for joining us. Do appreciate it. For having me. I appreciate you. 